Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today on our show. In hour number two, we play is the wrong team favored. But also in this hour, we dive into some fantasy baseball in 2020 as Fantasy Sports Today starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. Welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Bish and Joe Pizapia here on the show. At Craig Bish, at Joe Pizapia 17 at Sean Guastamacchia on Twitter. We got an hour left in the show. If you're listening live, cool. If you're listening on demand and you like baseball, then this is the segment for you. Coming up 2 o'clock Eastern, it is full-time fantasy with Dr. Roto. Believe it or not, on New Year's Eve, there were two signings in Major League Baseball. And they were scooped by no one. The Twins announced them. That's rare in, in this day and age. Usually somebody has something, but no. On the 31st, Joe, the Twins announced that they signed Rich Hill and they signed Homer Bailey. Now, look, the Minnesota Twins were involved in a lot of high-level discussions for pitchers. They're still involved in a lot of high-level discussions for hitters. Uh, I know that they also have talked to teams about making trades, too, to bolster that rotation. The top of the rotation, very strong. The back of the rotation sort of weak. Rich Hill will still be out at least April and May. Homer Bailey, who kind of found himself a little bit last year with some advanced metrics, still a little bit questionable. And we're going to get into it this segment by asking the, at the start here, Joe, with the Twins, who last year, some people did pick uh, them to win the division, and certainly they did. They played very well. Cleveland got off to a tough start and then rallied late, almost caught them. Did the Twins do enough in this division to hold off the White Sox, to hold off the Indians, or do you still think that they need to do more? All that power, it appears as though there's still not a lot of pitching there. Do they have enough? Yeah, I don't think they do. I, I really don't. They missed out on Bumgarner. I thought that was a real uh, bummer for them, no pun intended there. But Barrios is very good. I thought it was great that Odorizzi came back. I really like that part. You mentioned. I don't think you mentioned Michael Pineda is also on suspension. <laughs> So, yeah. you know, there's another uh, missed opportunity here for Michael Pineda to do something. And Homer Bailey and Rich Hill for, I think, was it like $10 million combined probably or something like that. I think they look at them as one guy where they'll get hopefully a couple months out of Homer Bailey and then Rich Hill eventually take that spot over. So for $10 million for one guy for one year, I kind of get it, but I don't think it's enough. I'm looking at this White Sox team right now and they are young. They have power. They have speed. It's a matter of can these young arms take that next step and can they stay healthy? And if they can, I feel like the Cleveland Indians are kind of starting to give away the game a little bit. You saw Kluber get moved on. There's a good chance Lindor gets moved on at some point in the season, potentially. Carrasco could be on the block. So it looks like the Indians are in a bit of a a retool at the very least. Now, they're going to be very competitive no matter what because they still have good players. They still have Bieber and Clevenger at the top of that rotation. And that's probably still the best one, two in that rotation. I think in that uh, division, you'd agree, correct? The, those two. I, still, I, I, I do. Yeah, I, I don't. I okay. think the the White Sox, you could consider them a lot better. But I, know, I wouldn't put Giolito and Keuchel as good as Bieber and Clevenger. If that I mean, was the, the key is, is that you have to ask yourself with everything that the White Sox did in the offseason, are they 25 games better than they were last year? And I don't think so. So if that's the case, that still puts them in the range for a potential wild card, but more likely third place. In the division, not many teams, Joe, go from, uh, you know, 70 wins to 90. It just, I mean, even with all of the additions, I mean, look at Philadelphia. They didn't happen for them last year either. But I do think they're better. There's no doubt. I think and they're that, much better. And that will affect the other teams in the division because they'll play directly against them. I get it. I just, I, I can't put the White Sox first. Like, I just. I don't, I don't know where you go now if you are the Twins to get more pitching, too. That's the thing. It's like, I don't know who's out there or who's available. I think this is it. 
think that's, that's what it. I mean. This is this is it. And if this is it, this ain't good. Because this is also not a pipeline where you're saying, all right, well, you're going to get this guy and that guy up in, in June, maybe, or no, like it's not that kind of a pitching pipeline for them right now. So they don't have that next guy who's ready. Now, the other thing it does is it puts a ton of pressure on Barrios to be a, a, a true number one ace, not a one a like a real ace. And I think he's ready for that. And I think the Twins are a very good team. I really do. Um, I, the Twins were my pick last year to make the wild card. They ended up winning the division. I was very pleased with that. I thought everything went right for them. But I just don't think they have enough in the rotation here in this back end to compete. Whereas I look at the White Sox and I say, well, they've got Keuchel now. They, I, I like Dylan Cease. The end of the year for Dylan Cease was very good. Uh, Kopech could be fascinating. They've got, a, you know, Reynaldo Lopez has talent. That's a that's a team that I think is going to come on very strong. I still think the Indians, it's their division to lose. But if they don't get off to a good start, they might just hand the rest of it to another one of these two teams. Yeah, there's a, there's, there's a chance of that for sure. And it kind of brings up the subject of what other teams, Joe, need to do more. Um, Dodgers are still, you know, one of the teams of the decade. They won seven divisions, uh, but, you know, haven't been able to get over the hump. Uh, Texas Rangers uh, did make some noise by getting Corey Kluber to start for them on opening day. That's definitely a good sign, but then it just kind of stopped there. Nothing really happened after that. Uh, Joe, the Cardinals, you know, every year, you know, they're in it and they're probably going to be close to it or in it this year. But did they do enough in the offseason to get better? Are they the same? Are they worse? Brewers, I'm not really sure what they're doing. They're signing a lot of guys. I don't think the Brewers are really sure what they're doing. Yeah, Brewers is Shaw and Avisel Garcia, but. You know, uh, signing Lindblom from overseas is just kind of a strange offseason for them. Um, any well, thoughts if, if Lindblom, well, we can go in reverse order. If Lindblom hits and Woodruff is as good as he was last year, okay, well, now you got my attention, and I think that that's something to to consider. But the rest of that rotation, thin in the back end for sure. Um, the Dodgers, you're right. I mean, I don't know what the Dodgers need except just to – to just win, to win. Big yeah. Games. Like, good. I mean, that's the thing. It's not even win. It's win big games. I mean, no, like you said, I, nobody won more games last decade than the Dodgers in Major League Baseball, right? You said that uh, on Tuesday's show. But they just, they don't win those big games. They don't win those close games when they matter the most in the playoffs. And I'll tell you what, you know what they really need? They need Kershaw to finally step up and be Hall of Fame caliber in those moments. And he hasn't been. And it, and it sucks that he hasn't been, but it's the truth. And, and I don't want to take shots at Clayton Kershaw. I'm sure no one feels worse about it than he does. But it's a God's honest truth right now. He's had a lot of opportunities, and most of the time he's come up short. I don't want to say he's failed every time because that's also not accurate, but he's come up short. The Rangers are puzzling to me. The Rangers, you, you've you been on this for uh, at least a month now that they've got to bring in some big talent because the new ballpark and all this stuff. The biggest move they had was Kluber, which was a good move. but. I don't know if it's a Donaldson. I have heard a lot in the last day. I don't know how accurate it is. I'm sure you could speak to it that Castellanos is a guy they're going after. So do you find any validity to that rumor or is that just a rumor? I think they're going to end up with someone. I don't know who it's going to be, but I don't Castellanos think doesn't exactly put butts in the ballpark. You know what I mean? Well, they'll get him there anyway. That, that I'm not worried well, about. That's, it, yeah. It, year it, one, it, you it, get everybody there. They're going to get him it. there. It's a matter of when they're there. Do you look at the on-field product and say, hey, look, we got a stadium here. Uh, now that it's filled, let's win some games. And I think that that was a great start with Kluber. But I think that that if, by the way, if Texas got one other player, whether it's Ozuna or whether it's Castellanos or even Donaldson, someone like that, I'm good. Like, I think that is the the blueprint for the good start for being in a new ballpark. But not enough yet. Not enough yet is my opinion. Well, there for them. and I'll tell you what, I think the Cardinals, you asked the question, what are they, are they better or worse than last year? I don't know if we know yet. I think it, part of it depends on if Ozuna goes back. If Ozuna goes back, I actually think that's a, this is a pretty good team, but this is another one where I love Flaherty at the top of the rotation. I don't have a whole lot of faith. And, and it's funny because as much as we make fun of some of these, you know, like, like I always, you know, like to mock my Mets from a rotation depth standpoint, they have a lot of good starting pitching on that team, even though the fact that they lost Zach Wheeler, they still have a pretty deep rotation. There's not a lot of teams that have deep rotations. Cleveland was one of them, and then they dealt Kluber. Still, they're still three deep. But you look at this rotation, Mikolas, oh, okay. Adam Wainwright, you're buying him. Dakota Hudson had a very good year, but a lot of peripherals say that that could come back down to earth a little bit. Is Carlos Martinez going to be in the rotation? He wants to be. Can he hold up over there? It's a ton of questions there. I, I mean, I love Goldschmidt. I think he's rock solid. I like what you saw out of 
Uh, Tommy Edmond last year, he had. I don't think he's quite the power guy that he showed last year in the short stint. They always but, have those guys, the Cardinals. They'll let right. Diaz, Paul DeYoung. That's they, the thing they, about They that find is, someone is, from the minors, they come the up, they kick ass, better. and then, you know. But that's what the Cardinals, and that's why the Cardinals are always in it. Because the Cardinals understand the balance between being good at the major league level and being good at the minor league level. And a lot of teams can't sustain both. But the Cardinals do, don't they? Year in, year out. Yeah. Well, look, if they don't get Ozuna, they're going to be counting on this kid, Dylan Carlson, who could literally be their opening day, six-hole hitter in left field. Every Got a ton day of talent. The start of the season. But we don't know. You know, you never know. But that would be the direct result of Ozuna not being there, or perhaps maybe they're waiting for Well, even in the past, yeah. the Grichuks and the and the Piscottis of the world, they've had guys come up, contribute, and then move on, and then more guys come up, contribute, and move on. Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah. All right, coming up next, we'll play as the wrong team favored in the NFL, even in the bowl game today. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Sports today. And I like football. And I'm going to keep doing them both because they make me feel good. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Bish, Joe Pizapia here with you. It is Thursday, January 2nd, 2020. Now, you know what people say, Joe, all the time is that when the new year starts, it's the first time that you have a chance to make mistakes writing out checks where you're going to write out 2019, 2020. But I got to tell you that last year was really the first year. And I think that this is you know kind of the way it's moving forward for me is that while that may hold true, and even though I consider myself a little bit older, Joe, in 2019, I'm going to guess that I wrote a total of maybe 10 checks the whole year. Like I do everything online. So for me, that's not really an issue. Like I just don't write checks anymore. In fact, I'll ask my wife, like, do we have a checkbook where it like she still writes checks? She still does that stuff. But for me, I don't I don't write any checks at all. It's all online for me. <laughs> well, I, I do most of my stuff online, but I still write out a couple of checks uh, a month. I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I, just, I can't even I think why I would need to write a check. Like yeah, I just I go on my I just go on my app and boom I just send it to somebody. Yeah, like for the phone I do it for you know I don't know, for the car I still send the check. I don't know why. I just I I don't know why I still do that for the car payment and other and you know I, I get it I understand why maybe I should maybe 2020 you've inspired me maybe it's the year where I don't the write year of many no checks. checks. I don't know about you, no you, checks. You know what I you know what I did um I would say the most checks that I wrote ironically was the last week of the year last year. Because the because what happens is is that uh, first of all I never have any interest I pay everything on time it's just my nature I don't know why but no, I am I am also do. like that right? I'm, okay. I am right. I'm a payoff dude right Zero I don't like debt. I don't like doing that so what happens is sometimes the online companies they bounce back the checks because for whatever reason they just don't take online payments and you don't know until you get uh, the notification that hey this check didn't go through because they don't accept that check and so I'm like well listen screw you. If you're not going to take my online check, then you're going to have to wait. And so what I do is right before the end of the year, I go back and I look over the last few months where have I you know, had checks that don't accept it. I bust out the checkbook and I write them their checks and say goodbye. And that's it. That's, and nice. I, think, I think the 28th or 29th was the most checks that I wrote all year long because I went what, looked through it all. Said, See, oh, I even pay, pay my employees at BlackBook, like my writers and stuff. I, I pay them electronically, too. So I don't yeah, pay them, I pay them electronically, too. Because I want them to have the money ASAP. I don't want them to wait. So. Yeah, I mean, we live in a technological age. I, I guess, you know, like I said, half of my bills and things I pay check. The other half I pay online. I don't know why I haven't converted everything. I don't know. I'm also one of people to. that hates the yeah. million passwords. You know what I mean? Like some, yeah. like oh, what's this password and that password? Oh God, the passwords. 
I said, like, enough already. Well, you shouldn't have the same password for everything. Well, you shouldn't have the same password for two things. Well, you know what? My brain only has so much damn storage in it because I cover sports for a living and I have two kids who already rot my brain anyway. There's only so much I can remember in a day. Enough with the whole password thing. Enough. Okay. That's the app you need to make. You need to make an app where you can pay everything in one spot, where it just all gets condensed into one thing. Do they have that yet? Is that available? And I just missed it. I think you created it just there. You Boom, pat- there you go. Million dollar quickly. idea. Somebody's going to steal it. Yeah. J- Joey P's password free. <laughs> Joey passwords. <laughs> there it is. Joey password. <laughs> all right. Is the wrong team favorite? How'd you, how'd you close out your uh, week 17? Did you get a win there to end or no? Uh, oh, my week 17 for what? For your upset special or whatever? Did you get to close out uh, with a win? Or? Except special was. I know the, your uh, I know your partner did. He picked the Bengals, so he got a win. I, he I, got I, a win with the Bengals. I'm trying to remember what mine is. I got to be honest. I've been a baseball haze for the last week, so I I'm right. not sure. I will I will double check as you're bringing up these other ones, and I will always be honest because that's that's me. I am transparent, even though despite the fact that you say I'm not. So not with those. No. Okay. So here we go. <laughs> Uh, Texans versus the Bills. Texans minus two and a half. Uh, if you go back and listen on demand to our first hour of the show, Joe and I feel very strongly the same way about it that we both feel that the wrong. Oh, team I, I ruined it. I, I screwed it. Sorry. Vikings. Yeah, they sucked. Yeah, you ruined it. There you go. Another pick like that. Hmm. There you go. All right. Texans minus two and a half. We both like the Bills. So naturally, we'll be back here on Monday saying that the Texans won and we screwed up. <laughs> But we're both going to take the Bills here. Is the wrong team favored? Patriots versus Titans. Now, listen, um, this is this is against the spread, Joe. So if you say New England is not the wrong team favored, then you meet. Then that means that they're going to win by more than five and a half points here. So it's not like you're making an official pick because this is a game, and we're playing as the wrong team favored. But this would mean if you do take New England that they win by more than five and a half, which is perfectly fine if you feel that way, because I, like I, I said, I could, I could easily see New England covering this game for sure. I could see Tannehill throwing a pick six and us on Monday going, why did we think that Tennessee had any shot? They just had a run at the end of the year and Henry ran for 20 yards. Like I, I could definitely see that happening too, but bottom line, wrong team favorite here, New England and uh, Tennessee. Patriots. Minus I, I, I don't, I don't see the Patriots winning this game by a lot. I, I don't, I don't see how, I do see them win this game, but I think the wrong team is favored in that sense. So, yeah. So I I would rather be on the betting side of the Titans in this one. I'm just, just trying to look back to, I mean, they did beat the Bills by seven. They lost last week. Um, they crushed the Bengals, but that's the Bengals. They lost to the Chiefs. They lost to the Texans. They did not beat the Cowboys by five and a half. They beat the Eagles by seven, but that was a very tight game. You and I both know that. I mean, you go back, it's there's not a the only time that they've beaten teams by more than that margin is teams like the Browns, teams like the Bengals, teams that the Bengals, know, they are, weren't they losing at the half to the Bengals or was very well, close. it was like tied at the half or close to where they were like 13 yeah. 10 at the half. It was a close game. This is not the kind of offense that can blow people away. You're right. It's football. Anything can happen. But I don't think the smart wager is on that. I mean, that's where you're going to make money probably is actually taking the Patriots to cover. So, so I, I feel like there's no money to be made on the other side. <laughs> like, you know, I, I don't know. That's, I feel like so many people are on Tennessee that you kind of almost, well, maybe it's just better to be on the opposite end of that. But the, the, we go back and look at the Patriot game log. It certainly doesn't support that. It's comfortable. It's going to be a, a sweat for you for sure. Five and a half. Eh, I, I don't know, man. I think that's tough. I mean, they tend to always be close playoff games anyway with the Pats. Uh, luckily for them, the kicking game's been okay with folks since he's gotten there. Mm-hmm. But that's another thing too. People forget, you know, they're without their regular kicker too. That's been a weird up and down roller coaster yeah, of who's kicking true. every week. Yeah, uh, yeah, close game for me, and I'll, I'll probably take Tennessee in the points. But I think New England wins the game. I do think that they're going to advance. I, I cannot. Oh, this is this is like the hardest game of the year for me. All right, uh, <laughs> Seattle minus now it's uh, two at uh, Philadelphia. Uh, I am going to buy the backup against the wall Eagles again. I know it's not pretty. It's ugly. Seattle played very well against San Francisco. The world is taking them. This is one of those where I am going to go the other side. I am. I, I, the Eagles are just so ugly that I'm going to take them to win. I think the Eagles win this week. I think they get blown out the following week, but they're at home, man, and they play well at home. Uh, I Seattle missed their opportunity last week. They're on the one bleeping yard line and they get a, a delay of game. Like, oh, gosh, like, I don't know. I know the, the favorite for a lot of people. A lot of people are going to take Seattle. Uh, I got it flipped. I think the Eagles should be favorite. I'm going to take Philly this week. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the other side of this. I just I've watched a lot of Eagles games this year, and everything I see is always they just can't get out of their own way. And Miles Sanders not being healthy. I understand Boston Scott had a good game and all that's great, but the Giants are are not the Seahawks. The Seahawks are a much better football team from top to bottom. And I think the Seahawks are pissed right now. And I think they're gonna take it out on the Eagles. And I, I just really do. And the Seahawks actually played well on the road this year. They, you know, it's funny, you go back and look, you know, home is where they're supposed to win all those games, and they've had a lot of close and or losses there. So they haven't gotten that advantage that they used to have. But I think that advantage is really a great defense that people just don't realize got old and got moved on from. So I understand it's basically a pick em. I get it. I'm going to stay on the Seattle side. I think Seattle wins this one actually pretty comfortably because I just don't think the Eagles can keep pace with them. I think Russell Wilson's going to make more plays than, than Carson Wentz just because Carson Wentz doesn't have enough playmakers on that field. Yeah, they played each other a few weeks ago. Seattle was the winner. Tennessee against Indiana in the Tax Slayer Bowl, Joe, today. I cannot believe that they're playing. Tax Slayer Bowl. I cannot believe that they're playing. Well, this game is actually not a terrible bowl game, but they have games tomorrow and and I believe Sunday morning or something crazy like to end the bowl season before the championship game. Um, Tennessee, I'm going to say the wrong team is not favored here. I'm going to take Tennessee minus the points. The SEC has really kicked some butt in the uh, in the bowl season with the exception of Auburn yesterday, as you could see last night between Georgia and Baylor. Uh, Indiana, probably, look, they haven't had a bowl win since I think we've been alive, so this is a really big game for them, but I think Tennessee comes alive in the second half and, um, and mm-hmm. wins the game. So, what about uh, the uh, what about the Craig Mish Bowl? Do you know how to make your own bowl? Do you know how to do this? I don't know if you've seen this internet meme going around. You I have take not. The, the last place you shopped, the last okay. place you ate, and then the word bowl. So what would be yours, Craig Mish? Last place I shopped in person? Yeah, in person. The last oh place you shopped. So is it like is it like the Walmart? Uh, Publix. Uh, okay, it's so the Publix what? And what, what, bagel? Do you have the bagel breakfast Last thing I ate? Yeah. Um, I actually had like a roll this morning. So Publix roll bowl. <laughs> there you go. The Publix roll bowl. Craig Mish, the Publix roll bowl. That's how you, that's how you play. It's a fun little game to play. So there you go. See? Mine, mine, I think, would be uh, the uh, Italian Specialties um, Croissant Bowl. I had a croissant this morning. So there you go. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the, the Italian Specialties Popeyes Bowl. <laughs> no, I, I'll tell you what. Does Popeyes have a bowl? If not, they should. No, they do not. The Tony well, the Tiger. They, Tony the Tiger had a bowl. Yes. I mean, the, they had the Frosted Flakes Bowl? The Kellogg's Bowl? It was just the Tony the Tiger Bowl, yeah. My God, the, you know, the ball things are out of control, but I, I like the little game. I like the internet game. It's cute. It's fun. Yeah. All right, coming up next, uh, there's some, some free agents in baseball. I mean, boy, you want a deep dive in terms of who's left on the market. We're going to do that next. Don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS line combinations and build stacks for tournaments on the DailyRoto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you're playing daily fantasy hockey, Without using Daily Roto, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com is where millionaires are made. And in terms of free agency, let's be honest. At this point, most of the top free agents are off the board, which is a good thing. And now at this point, we're just kind of filling in some pieces. Earlier in the show, we mentioned Donaldson, Ozuna, Castellanos. Those arguably are the best free agents left, and they are among the top 25 but a lot of the action has already come and gone, which is cool. Uh, and that's the way that we want it. <laughs> I'm not going to complain about what's happened this year. There are still some free agents out there that will affect fantasy in a big way. Because, Joe, as you know, there are some free agents that are still out there that I will guarantee you are going to be fantasy relevant because they're going to be closers on their Major League Baseball team. It happens every year. You look at the list who's out there now, 
And you may say, oh, there's no way and yuck and they're awful. And I don't think, you know, these, this is a seventh inning guy. This is a, they're going to get saves. They may not get 30, but there's five to 10 saves coming from a lot of these dudes. There's no doubt in my mind. It happens every single year. Expect the unexpected. The seventh inning guy becomes the ninth inning guy in a month. And although we didn't have a ton of closer turnover last year, we do have enough every year where usually a third of the league doesn't end up closing games at the end of the season. So, Joe, I'm going to give you the list of the players who are still out there in terms of free agency. And uh, you'll tell me who you think gets the most saves. We'll see if we can make different cases for different players in 2020. Okay. All right. Let's do it. All right. So uh, Will Harris, uh, who pitched a lot of late innings last year for the Astros, is arguably the best free agent that is still out there. Steve Ciszek, who once upon a time was a closer with the Marlins, who uh, has done very well in a seventh and eighth and that sometimes ninth inning role with the Cubs, still a free agent. Brandon Kinsler had a great season last year, although didn't close a lot of games, has some ninth inning experience. Uh, Fernando Rodney, who pitched late innings, believe it or not, with the Nationals last year at 50 years old, is back on the free agent market. Pedro Strope has had a chance to close with the Cubs before, sometimes good, sometimes bad, but you could see him, without a doubt, pitching the seventh or eighth for someone else. One of the heroes of the World Series, Daniel Hudson, surprising that the Nationals have not been able to come to terms with him yet. He was such a big part of what they did last year. A converted starter to reliever. Is he a closer? Would he get saves? Greg Holland, former closer with the uh, Colorado Rockies, Kansas City Royals, uh, pitched with the Nationals, pitched with the Cardinals, although not well. There's certainly a chance that he is going to get a chance, maybe with a ninth inning with someone, depending on the situation. Craig Stammen, who's more of a seventh or eighth inning guy, that's true, ground baller for the Padres and Nationals, other teams as well. And then there's been some scuttle that Felix Hernandez may end up uh, pitching in the big leagues next year, maybe as a bullpen arm. So I just wanted to throw that out there as maybe King Felix goes in for an inning and gets a save or two, although he's probably the least likely on this list. But I did want to throw that in there. Maybe there's somebody, Joe, that I have not mentioned that you'd like to give a shout out to. But but these are the names. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say someone on this list is going to get 10 saves or more. I, I will I will go to the bank with that. I don't know who it's going to be, but somebody will. Who do yeah. you got here as the most valuable guy in a fantasy league? Because if now look, ratios are a little bit different. It's a different conversation. But as long as we're counting saves, who would be the guy to get the most saves that's still on the market? Well, you know, a tricky spot here because <clears throat> there's a lot of teams already have their bullpen and even their setup guy already kind of locked in their secondary dude. Um, Will Harris had a very good year, but I think C-Sheck might be that guy who gets the most saves. And it's not really fair because when he got save opportunities, he kind of failed in that role, but then you look at the track record the last few years, he's actually been a pretty good reliever. So I think that he's still kind of he's still kind of working under that cloud. And it's actually funny because this conversation came up just yesterday on the Black Book podcast when we ended up talking about him. And it was just kind of like, it's kind of, you know, how long is he going to live under that cloud? Now you're looking at who and where, more importantly, these saves might be available. Seattle's a place where I think saves could be available. Um, I think that I'll tell you what, I know Hansa Robles has the job right now, but if I was the Los Angeles Angels and I'm still a little concerned about that rotation, I think the best thing you can do is add some more bullpen depth and try to shorten the game. To me, I think that is a spot where somebody who lands there has a lot of upside to maybe take over that role. Uh, would you agree with that assessment that that might be the spot where you know you could really get excited about one of these guys if he lands in that spot because they should be a, at least a competitive team? And they should be a team that's going to score runs enough to at least get you some safe opportunities. Because usually it's not about having like the greatest offense and greatest starting pitching. It's actually a weird hybrid. There's more safe opportunities with um, mediocre offense and good starting pitching. Now, there's not a lot of teams out there looking for a closer that fit that. But I feel like Los Angeles has the best opportunity for a guy to come in and, like you said, at least get 10 saves or something like that with the upside for more. Where's a landing spot for these guys, too, in your opinion? Is Colorado yeah, another I, spot? I mean, I don't know. It's tough. Well, well, Robles, I mean, it's not the best spot, but I can understand that your sentiment there. It'd probably be a top five spot if you wanted to speculate to see if Robles could get it done again. But they do have a clear-cut closer, for sure, in with the Angels. And what about Arizona with Archie Bradley? Do you buy him as a viable closer? Or would you rather bring in somebody else there? Because uh, I mean, right there, now, they could use some help. That's another That's another spot. I think you got to dig down to the bad teams. I think that's where you got to go. Um, the Tigers is like a good example of a team. Yeah, but um, if I'm the Tigers, I let Jimenez 
do get, take that job and run with it and just see what happens. Because you, you have, there's no reason to spend any money if you're the You tiger. have to have a backup option, though. you got to sign a one-year, $1 million guy that's on this well, list. Well, I'll tell you so. what. I, I think Jimenez, you know, when he got that second crack out, he was a little bit better. I know he struggled earlier yeah, in the year. Yeah, but, but you have to have a backup option. You, you, can't, fair. You, you can't go into the year and you say, okay, Buck Farmer is, is the guy just in case. Like, you can't do that. So it's like, so as an example, uh, I'll, I'll throw it out there. So Greg Holland gets a non-roster invite to Detroit, right? Okay, so he makes the team out of spring training. He's not pitching the ninth. But if Jimenez fails, you got Greg Holland, you know? And then Greg Holland gets a shot. It's like the Boxberger syndrome, you know? Boxberger goes somewhere oh, every year. He's not, the, he's not the closer, but then he ends up being the closer, that kind of guy. Um, Detroit's a good spot. Uh, I know Ian Kennedy was pretty good as the Royals closer. He was, that's why I didn't mention Kansas City, because he actually had a pretty decent... He <laughs> was. That happened. I know, but you got to have a backup there, too. <laughs> what about in Seattle? What about that yeah, spot? Seattle, yeah, it's a great one. Yeah, I mean, Seattle. Se- Seattle's the one where I think the job is wide open. Yeah, the other spot is Miami. Miami has no closer too. So any of these guys that would end up in Miami could pitch the ninth. They're, they don't, you know, I mean, I don't think Ryan. What did you think of that? Play. I didn't get to talk to you about this because it kind of happened over the holiday time. What did you think about the Patanza signing for the uh, for the Mets, bringing him in there, keeping him in New York, but it's a one year deal, kind of a show me deal. I thought That's that was fine. pretty solid. I thought that, you know, if Look, Diaz, they have two, they have two guys that could close games in the past. I don't know what happened to them, but Familia and Diaz both fell apart. I mean, now they have well, three guys. So, well, and, and Lugo and Gisellman were very good in the bullpen last year. That that yeah. net bullpen yeah. is very yeah, good. very good. Yeah, it's very good. It might All be right. the best in the National League, <laughs> potentially. Anyway, yeah, they they created like a Milwaukee pen from a couple years ago. All right, so you're gonna go with. Uh, I apologize here. I don't remember. Cishek is the most saves. I think Cishek is the guy that you look at this list and, you know, for Fernando Rodney, God bless him. He's fun. But I, I feel like that's the guy where you go. And, and Strop was Strop is the second one that, that has that kind of low end appeal to me. Maybe it's a Daniel Hudson. I don't know. I feel like Daniel Hudson's going to be valuable to another team that I think Washington's got to sign him. I don't know what they're doing. I don't disagree with that. Will Harris. I think you want to keep Will Harris in that other role. I think that's I think some guys, they, they excel in the role. You keep him there. But I know everybody was high on Strop as a potential safe guy last year. It didn't really work out. Um, Rodney has the most experience, but I think C-Sheck is the one you go to personally. Is Who's your favorite on that list? Is it Hudson? Uh, I don't think Hudson will get saves, but I think there's a chance that if he goes somewhere else that he would have a shot to close. Um, I think Strope would probably be the guy for me. I think Strope ends up there. Um, the spots that I think that have a potential uh, closer shot available to them, uh, Baltimore, even with Givens there, he did feed. And look, there's probably not a lot of saves to get, honestly, Joe, but let's just say that there is. Uh, Workman was great in Boston, but are, are they going to completely hand this over to him again? I'm not so sure of that. Um, you mentioned Seattle without a doubt. You know, Texas will give LeClerc another shot, but I don't know. Like, he, he was so bad at the beginning. Um, Miami clearly has no closer. Um, let me see here. Uh, you know, whoever Pittsburgh ends up getting, I think they'll they'll try mm, to get. Well, that's another one too. There, there's there's enough, and this is the whole point too, which is how about the? Oh my gosh, how about the uh, the Giants? Who's the Giants closer? Uh, yeah, that's it's it's these bottom feeder teams, and that's where these guys are going to go, and maybe even two of them. And I think this is the approach you take. These are the guys are going to cost you a buck in a, in an auction. These are the guys that'll cost you nothing to draft at the end of drafts. Or even just throw some fab on them after a draft or something like that. These are the kind of guys I think you target and you try to just do saves this way because I'm telling you, the starting pitching is very difficult out there to find guys. You could throw 180 plus innings and you need strikeouts. So you need to kind of pay for some of those top strikeout pitchers out there. The Corbins of the world, the, you know, if you don't want to pay up for the Garrett Coles, that at least that tier of the Corbin class and get a couple of those dudes because I'm telling you, just like power, you'll fall behind. Just like in strikeouts, you'll fall behind on the pitching end. Figure out saves later. Do not waste draft capital on those upper or even worse, the mid-tier guys. That is the worst case scenario. These guys, you'll figure it out. They'll all get 10, 15 saves. You patch it together. How bad are the Giants going to be? Oh, my gosh. Well, it's about, you know what? They need to be bad. This is a team that needs to be really bad, man. They need to be bad and they need to turn things over there. And then look, but they've had three titles. So would you, I mean, I I agree with you a hundred percent, but I I would trade the three titles. It's a great, you had a great run that decade. If you're looking at the giants, you gotta be saying to yourself, there's a hundred loss team. Like you gotta be saying that right now. I mean, they have nothing and they're playing in a division where two of the three teams got so much better. And the other one won the division seven times in a row. 
I can tell you right now, going into DFS 2020, it's going to be a lot of days where I'm looking to see who are the Giants playing today. Ah, Arizona's better. San Diego's better. The Mm -hmm. Dodgers are good. I mean, look, the Rockies, I don't know, but the Rockies had a down year. I wouldn't say that they're done. They just had a down year. I I think the Giants are losing 100, man. We we talked about this on Black Book yesterday. I wanted to get your take on it real quick, too. What do you think about a Robbie Ray to the Yankees trade for Clint Frazier? I don't think that Arizona would do it. You don't think Arizona would do it? You don't think that's enough for them to move Robbie Ray? Uh, no, and they've. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, they have a great left fielder. They now have a very good right fielder. Is Frazier your? Well, they just signed Calhoun. Yeah, you would move Marte back to the infield. Yeah, I don't see it. Yeah. Okay, I don't think, just I, putting I, that out. I, there. I think the shine is off Clint Frazier. I can understand that too. I was just that was that was kind of the debate we're having. Arizona's a very creative team. I would not rule out them doing something like that, but I think that they would have to get more. They'd have to get like a a pitcher involved. All right, uh, we'll uh, have one final segment to go coming up next. Don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Coming up in 20 minutes from now, it's time to dive heavy back into some DFS and some NFL football as Dr. Roto in full-time fantasy takes over at 2 o'clock Eastern. This time of the year also is the time that I know that I'm looking at my schedule, Joe, and uh, spring training is is um, you know about a month and a half, two months away, and so I start to take a look at all the different games that I'm going to be going to in Palm Beach and in Jupiter, and then the other part of that this year is that for the first time ever, I am going to be. It's a shame because uh, I cannot. I don't think, and I, and again, I don't know this for sure, but I don't think I can go to Tout Wars this year for the first time in like almost ten years. And there's just no getting around it. I mean, I don't know what suggestion that you would have, and I'm not no no offense. I'm not letting anybody else draft or auction for my team. I'm not doing that. But well, if there's I, one guy you would trust to do it, I would do it for you. I, I, I thank anyway. I thank you for that, but I am you know I mean, I, it's my name on my team. I got to be there. I got to be the one that that wants the players. Well, you and I could certainly sit and go over some things, but I mean, look, baby, Craigie. I mean, I'm your guy. I'm right there. <sighs> Yeah, I just if you listen, I, if I you did not want to be out of the league. I look, I understand. I don't like to do leagues where I'm not. But but do you really want to not be part of Towers? I'll be I'll be Craig Mish. I'll, I will draft a Craig Mish team. I will listen to your list. I, I, I'm 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 trustworthy. I'm trustable. You're going to have an earpiece. Go, go, go. Man. If you want to do it that way, I will do it that way. You, why can't we have you? Uh, you actually at the wedding physically during the time of the draft, right? You're not. It's a see. Here's the problem is that my nephew has a bar mitzvah on Saturday night. Okay. And the NL but your draft op- is Sunday morning, right? Sunday morning. My NL okay. draft is Sunday morning. And I am I have this you know I, I was thinking about it, debating it. I have decided that I am not waking up at four AM to fly in for the draft and then come home the next day. I'm not doing it. I am just not doing it. No offense to Tout Wars. I'm I mean, Tot Wars, you know, for some reason, it costs $250 and it's not about the money, but it kind of is. It's like I'm not jumping through all of these hoops just to make it in time for that. If if I have to sit out a year, we can to, to get, see your friends. That's what it, that's what that honestly, I, I don't like the fact that we pay and we don't even get like, like a I want a trophy or a belt or something. Yeah, we get, like no, we get nothing. We get nothing. We in get flex, nothing. We don't have to pay anything to be in flex in Jake's league. We don't pay anything. We pay enough to cover the belt. And the winner gets the belt, and I'm all right with that. Like that's fine. Yeah, yeah. You know? and, and so, and so, I was trying to go over it, and there's some really great people there too. You know, Jeff Erickson being one of them. And I'm like, Look, I love I mean, Jeff. Is, is there any way you could push it back to like one o'clock or something? Like, I know it's just for me, and I get it. But is there any way, or can you switch me out? And Look, there's a lot of demand to get in, and he's very nice about it, but I just don't think that they're going to be able to do anything. I am for me. staying over Saturday so. night because my draft. Hopefully, I'm I'm trying to move back into the mix because I hated the. I loved everybody in it, but I absolutely hated the head-to-head format. They came yeah, I will never do that. Yeah, I will never do that. Well, because the head-to-head format, they asked me, 
what do you, what you're the head to head points guy. What does it look like? And I said, this is what it looks like. I spent the last 20 years crafting this. This is what works best. And this year I even put my scoring system in the black book because so many people ask me what's your scoring system. So I just put it in there and said, here's what I use. And it works awesome. Right. And in their system going into the year, basically Max Scherzer would accrue the same amount of points as like the first baseman, uh, like Brandon yeah, belt. That was a like, and I'm like, well, that, that's, no, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So I said, please move me back to the mixed. And that's, I believe Saturday. And after that's over, I'm probably going to stay. I will definitely stay. If you need somebody to be your guy on the Sunday morning draft, I will do that. And you know how much I hate only leagues. What is it? AL or NL only? Which one is it? NL. NL only. Better. Great. At least I like the National League more. So I, I would do it if you want me to, if you don't want to give up your team. And then that way, if it sucks, you have an entire baseball season. That's to blame true. Me, I could blame you. To do. I yeah. could just be the scapegoat. You could take zero uh, control over it. So there yeah. you go. Uh, look, I have, look, I've been better every year that I've played. Um. But still, I, I just it just it burns me that I can't uh, have my own team. But again, a story that we'll we'll decide on in a month from now. We'll have to decide now. But the good news is here's the good news is that all of these years that Steve Gardner has had this labor in Arizona and for good reason, by the way, I think, by the way, tout war should be in Florida. It should not be. in. I'm flying. Let me get this straight. I'm flying to 40 degree temperatures in New York to do tout wars. It should be here <laughs> or it should be in Arizona. It should be somewhere where there's spring training. And that was the great thing about labor. But for all of these years that labor has been in Arizona, I have basically said I can't go to New York and Arizona like this, like more or less in back to back weeks. And I think that that could potentially hurt labor this year. But it's great for me because labor is coming to Florida. There you <laughs> and, go. I saw. And, I saw labor is yeah, coming. To and Florida. I am in. And I am in. <laughs> I'm in the online labor. Why don't they go to online tower wars? Why can't you do online tower wars? I probably could. I probably could. Ask, ask, say, hey, this year put me in. And if they say no and you don't want to give up your spot. I will, I will, I will draft for you. Okay. I will be your champion. I'll, I really hate to leave the NL, but we'll see. But anyway, so I am in the mixed league auction for labor. I'm going to the, I think it's in Clearwater this year and I am going to drive. I am going to go. I am in, I'm actually very excited about it. Uh, I don't love the fact that it's so early. That's the one thing that I hate about labor. It's the only thing I hate about labor. If it was up to me, we would have, we would have the best auction ever. Like they do the NFBC in Vegas, like the, Two days before the season, like I think that's the way to go about it. It's my only complaint, but I'm in. Like that's it. That's well, and way. that's the difference. Labor's there because labor's part of the coverage of of draft season and trying to kick off ADP. And I respect that. And then it's our responsibility to do a good job and and set ADP as analysts. And and well, that's- actually, the first one is the uh, is the uh, FSGA. It's right in, in two weeks. Yeah, which is it's tough. Can do, that's impossible in January. That's it's tough. Thing. It's very difficult. It's easier to do early football drafts than early baseball. Drafts oh like yeah, that. I mean, there's a smaller pool, dude. That's smaller it. pool, but also you have a pretty good idea of you know it's it's like everything. Just 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 get to the season healthy and you're good. But with baseball, it's it's kind of tricky because oh, preseason so, so many games and the and the, <laughs> so many things can happen and injuries and drug tests and all. Oh my god, it just goes on forever. Six weeks is so. That's the other thing about baseball season too. Like the spring training is too long too, don't you think? No, I love it. I know you love it because you're there. <laughs> I'm right there. Like I can wake up, go to a game. Wake up, go to a game. It's an hour away. It used to be in Fort Lauderdale. It was so close to me, but now I have to drive an hour. But and, and again, I the other thing too that is different for me than everybody else, and I and I fail to always put this in perspective, is that imagine a scenario where I don't pay anything. You know, never. Like it's it's a press pass. It's walking onto a field where. Everybody knows who I am and no one gives me any crap. It's like do it. It's like having free reign. You cannot do that at a major league baseball game. Well, spring training is great for anybody, for any baseball fan who's never been. You should go. It's it's totally worth it. It's such a great environment if you are a true hardcore baseball fan, because the access is so, you know, even if you're not a press pass, if you're not important like Craig Mish, the fact that you get to be there and watch BP so close and they will. The guys are accessible. They're more apt to sign autographs at the beginning of the year. Nobody's hitting 200 and pissed off at their contract yet and all these other things like everyone's kind of in their best form. And there's some fun places down there where you could see like multiple games in a day, even just going place to place, which is super fun. Yeah, and, and you kind of said it best there where with interviews and autographs, people always think that why do they sign more and why are they more apt to do these? It's because they haven't done them for six months. Right. Yeah, yeah that's, in a that's mood. the reason why. Yeah, by the end of spring training, they're kind of over it, too. And by the way, I'm not going to BS you. The last week of spring training is brutal. It is bad because a that's lot of the guys terrible. aren't playing at that point. They're ready for the season. We've been through it yet. Yeah, but but the first spring training is a week too fine. long. It's a week too long, I think. Yeah, and, and then remember, they go and they play at their affiliates also. They leave, and then they leave some people behind. And oh, yeah, they play those play. preseason games in the Major League ballparks, which is another thing I don't understand. What the hell is that? What's the point of that? 
Yeah, no, that, that's the worst part of it. But everything that else is, is great. the dumbest game ever. It was like, hey, we have a two game homestand against the Orioles here at City Field. Why? Why do we have that? We just had spring training. Just start playing baseball. If we can start playing baseball, I don't get it. Well, I don't it starts get, early this year. So in March it, again, it does. It's it's an there's an earlier start, which I like. And you know how I feel. I wanted to, I want games to matter more in August and September. I want a different style. It's, this whole season's too long. But you know that's that's a story for another time. But I I just I don't know, man. I I haven't been to spring training in Arizona. I'm sure you have at some point. So what's the difference? Would you say? You know, I, I haven't. I've only been to spring training in Arizona once, and it was only for like two games. Uh, everyone thinks spring training in Arizona is better, so I'm not going to go against that because everyone thinks it, and it's just because all of the ballparks are within uh, 40 minutes of each other, all of them. So you well, have that's nice from a coverage standpoint. Yeah, sure. and here you you do not have that in Florida. It's not even close. Oh, I know. I drove, <laughs> I done Florida. And you had to drive an hour to this one and an hour to that. Right. It's, it now it's fun. it's changed. Now it's changed. The West Coast of Florida has now become what Florida spring training is all about because the Braves have now moved there from Orlando from Disney to there. So. You have uh, the Yankees and the Orioles and the Pirates and the Blue Jays and the Phillies and the Rays are all very close to one another. And then the Twins mm-hmm. and, the, and the Red Sox are a little bit further south of that. Now, I live on the East Coast where we basically have our choice of the Cardinals, Marlins, uh, Cardinals, Marlins, Astros and Nationals. And then the Mets are a little bit further north. And that's it. That's basically yeah. the, the yeah, St. Lucie's kind of like an island. Like it's like it's, it's like a weird spot to get to. I feel it used to be fine because. St. Lucie also had the Dodgers and Vero Beach very close. Right. And it also had the um, it also had the what am I thinking of here? Oh, the Braves in Orlando very close. And it had the Astros in Kissimmee. So those teams are a little bit north. But now northeast Florida has nothing. Zero. Done. And Braves are in Orlando now, right? Aren't they're, they there? I, part of the, but that was what I said is they're gone. They just yeah, left. they're in the Disney thing now. They like part of no, the Disney gone. experience. No, they're, they're gone, gone from there. Oh, that's the one. Oh, that's the one they're gone from. Yeah, they left. Yeah. Now they're in Northport which is west coast of Florida, which is near like the Sarasota Bradenton area, which is where the Rays moved to. So the west <laughs> coast of Florida is really now. Obviously, I've never been to the Braves new park. I have no idea what it's like or anything. But yeah, spring training at Disney was kind of a staple for the last 20 years. And now, that's yeah, they just I didn't want great, to be there. I have one great spring. Tra- I've, I've been to spring training. I enjoyed it quite a bit. It was very fun. But my favorite spring training memory was I got to the front row in the Cardinals complex and I got to watch Albert Pujols take BP and there was hardly anybody else around. It was like an early start game or something like that. I don't know. All I know is it was me and like maybe five other people were standing there and I got to watch as close up as you possibly could and watch that guy take batting practice. And it was incredible. I mean, it was, he was hitting balls that were going into the other complex (laughs) on line drives. Like it was just like, just an incredible thing. Do you have that one spring training thing that kind of sticks out where they're meeting a certain guy or a certain uh, moment or getting to see I, something. I can't. There's too many. I There's can't. too many. Yeah, you remember seeing like I, the guy doing, before he became forever. the guy, like where you're like, man, that kid's really good. I, I had one like that in the minor leagues where I saw Jim Tomey play and nobody knew how to say his name. Everyone's saying Thome when they were announcing him that way. I saw him in double A play in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. And I was like, man, this guy with the high socks, this guy crushes the ball. This guy's going to be huge. And I remember as a kid, I got a bunch of Jim Tomey rookie cards. He's like, this guy's going to be good. I'm telling you right now, this guy's going to be really good. I saw him play and yeah. he became a Hall of Famer. Do you have that one guy, maybe like a prospect guy you saw who became a stud? And so many. I don't know. Um, you gotta have, everybody's I, got favorites. I, I can't. Like I, I really Everybody can't. I've, I've done so <laughs> many games and been through so many of these stories that I can't. The most recent one would be Albies. That would be the most recent one. Well, that's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. I, I, mean, was, I, I was the Albies guy two years ago and and got ripped for overdrafting them everywhere. Like that was, you know, and I was sold on it. The, the, the biggest thing that ever happened to me at spring training is an easy one. This one is an easy one because um, we don't have a lot of time here, so I'll wrap. But at uh, spring training four years ago, uh, I was walking on the backfield to my car and I heard somebody on a field like yelling really loud and cursing like a lot. <laughs> and I'm like, what in the world is going on? So I walk over to the field and this is the Marlin side. And then again, I cover all them all. Like I'm at Houston's field. I'm at Washington's field. And this day, I just happened to be at the Marlins and I walk over to the field and it's somebody cursing and it's Barry bonds. That's there. And he's the coach of the Marlins, but bonds is not bonds is not uh, coaching. He is hitting. And Bonds is in a hitting contest against Stanton and Yelich and Ozuna. And and Bonds wins the contest. The hitting against those guys. It made big it made for a big national story at the time. Oh, I remember I remember this actually. I remember Yeah, this. yeah. And I was there. 
Mm-hmm. So, and I put that out, th- not thinking it was a really big deal at the time, and it became a really big deal. Um, that that was the one that I would say in recent memory that that comes to mind. That uh, that that happened. So. All right, uh, we'll have a lot more stories as spring training goes on. I'll be at spring training almost every day here on the show. We'll take a quick timeout. Come back with our two minute drill. Don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we end the show on this Thursday, it is time for... The Two-Minute Warning. Two minutes, get your sh- together. Is that going to be enough time? Want to make sure that we end the show the way that we started, which is the passing of a couple of icons in sports. One, of course, is Don Larson, but the other one is David Stern. And as we've talked about for many, many times, the NBA could be directly associated in the 80s and 90s with some of the great rivalries in sports. And of course, the Michael Jordan era of the Chicago Bulls and all those championships and ESPN's doing a 10-part documentary on Michael Jordan. There's no doubt the best athlete in the history of sports that we've ever seen. But is David Stern one of the best commissioners ever in the history of sports? I think the answer is yes. He's taken the NBA to places that nobody thought it would ever go. He uh, made it more international. He made the draft interesting. He made the lottery interesting. He made free agency interesting. And you can't find one person even on the planet with his passing in the last 24 hours that has had one negative thing to say. And I think that tells you all you need to know about who this man was. So rest in peace, David Stern. The NBA is in a better place because of you. That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to our producer, Sean Guastamacchia. For my co-host, Joe Pizapia, I am Craig Mish. We got full-time fantasy next. Enjoy the college football bowl games today. We will be back for another show again tomorrow as we close out the first weekend in January. And I'll talk to you again tomorrow at noon Eastern. Full-time fantasy with Dr. Roto is next. I'm Craig Mish signing off. Talk to you tomorrow at noon. Have a great day, everybody. See you.